excited that we finally get to do our Italy recap episode. We've wanted mm-hmm. to do this for a while, but I feel like we had so many good episodes like pre-recorded that we wanted to get out too. But now it's finally time for Italy recap and I'm really excited. Yeah. And it's been hard to like sit down and have like a long episode recording just with the time zone. So now that we're a little bit closer, it, it's better. Yeah, I'm finally back in a more normal time zone. Thank God I'm currently in Hawaii. So I'm pretty used to being on this time zone and recording. I like it so much better. Um, when I was living here, I was recording most of our episodes like in the morning or like the afternoon. So for example, like right now it's one ten, and it's like what, 6.10 in Nashville? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much more doable than being ahead. So yeah, way better time zone now. Thank the Lord. Y'all, I wore my hair natural today. Like, did it dry it or anything? So it's super curly. And Bird just told me I looked like an 80s girl. And I feel like I especially look like an 80s girl because I have like over the ear headphones on. And a denim top. So it was just giving like <laughs> 80s for sure. It is giving 80s. Wow. Um, how's Hawaii? Oh my gosh. Like, so happy to be back. As soon as I landed, so it was so crazy because. I flew from Sydney, Australia to Oahu, Hawaii, obviously, Honolulu. And it was so bizarre because I told all my friends, I was le- I left Australia Thursday night at 5.30 p.m. was like my flight on Thursday. And I told all my friends like, hey, guys, I'm going to get there on Friday. Like, I'll see you guys on Friday. And then I didn't take into account that I was flying like over the international dateline. I've never flown like across that before ever. So I landed in Hawaii at 6 a.m. on Thursday. So I left Thursday night and arrived at 6 a.m. on Thursday morning. So it was so trippy. None of my friends are ready. Like none of them even realized I was coming on Thursday. I told everyone it was going to be Friday, just assuming that it would be. I was just so turned around. But that really will throw you. Yeah, like a whole day and more because I think I was 22 hours ahead in Australia compared to Hawaii. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, just getting back here and like as soon as I landed and I got picked up by Sophia and Annalise, I just felt this like so warm, like welcoming homey feeling that I honestly like hadn't felt pretty much like anywhere that I've been since leaving and it was just so nice I feel like I've just kind of like jumped back into my routine here like my day-to-day life is pretty similar to when I was living here before and even though I'm not like home home I feel like in a way I am like at home so it's nice after all the travel to be somewhere that I actually feel like at home you know are you in Waikiki yeah I'm currently so A lot of my friends are still here. Honestly, the only people who are kind of gone right now is me, Perry, Blaine, and Aaliyah. Most of the other girls are here. So I've been staying at um, this house we call Palani, and it's Annalise, Sophia, Kasha, and Jins. And they've been hosting me, and I've just been, like, playing rotational beds. So every night I'll sleep with a different person. So I'm not sleeping with, like, one person every single night. Um, And then I think I'm going to stay with Nicole and Julia at their house, like, the second part of my trip yeah so I'm here for like two weeks and I'm just so happy that I made the decision because I was in Australia looking at flights and the flights to Memphis were 1900 one way and the flights to Hawaii were 300 so it just makes sense to come here for a little bit so you go to California next right yeah I'm gonna leave here so I'm gonna do Halloween here Kynan doesn't value Halloween and oh, I told no. him that I like wouldn't celebrate Halloween in California if he didn't value it because it's my favorite <laughs> holiday. And last Halloween, I was so sick. I couldn't participate in any Halloween activities. So I knew I wanted to be somewhere where like people were going to celebrate and do fun stuff. And there's a lot of fun things going on in Hawaii. My friends always celebrate. So I told Kynan, I was like, I will come to California after Halloween, but no time before. So I'm going to go there on the second, stay there for like six days. And then be back in Oxford on the 8th. And I'm very excited. Yay. And then I come down, I think, the 11th or the 10th. Yeah. I'm not sure. Everyone's coming in town for the Bama game, too. So it'll be like the perfect time to be home and to see everybody. Yeah, just kind of regroup. But I have a lot of, like, life decisions to make and life planning that I'm honestly, like, had been really worried about the last couple of days and, like, weeks, honestly, or, like, where I'm going to move 
where I'm going to be, what I'm going to do and all these things. But I had to kind of like surrender that yesterday because I feel like I've just been worrying about it like way too much. So yeah. I'm just kind of surrender it. And I made an appointment to talk to Kim, Kim Salter. She was on our podcast about EFT tapping and intuitive guidance. So I made an appointment to talk with her on the 26th and I'm really excited Ooh. to hear what she has to say because I loved her episode and I know you've talked to her so I'm like really yeah. excited we're going to talk for an hour yeah that's going to be really helpful I think Kim is amazing I love her so much and I love that she doesn't like give you specifics it's just like an intuitive guidance and she's incredible yeah so like would you say that she's the same thing as a medium like would you say she's a medium yes but I think that her delivery is different. Like I think mediums are hard because you can go to someone and they're telling you like all these specific things and then it just kind of like messes with your mind, I think. But yeah. Kim like is more focused on like themes. She'll tell you like when I went, she told me this was going to be a big year of growth for me. And like she saw like she does a meditation before you come in and writes everything down, like channels it. And she said that she saw wings like opening up and she was like, this is going to be like a, a year for you to grow. And like, it's already, you know, playing out that way. Um, so it's more like that. Like it's like themes and then she'll tell you, um, you know, she told me a little bit about our, our podcast and my other business and um, but nothing like so specific that you would get hung up on it, you know? Yeah, because Julia went to a medium the other day. And in Hawaii, and she told her that one of her friends is going to die. Like, who says okay, that? Yeah. That who is says that? Not into that? And then Julia told us all in the friend group. So everyone's scared <laughs> that they're going to be the one who's going to oh die. God. And I, like, honestly, that is thought so about it. messed up. That is terrible. Anyways, I'm hoping to get some kind of like clarity. I saw another one. I went through like a phase where I was really into it, but I saw this other woman and she told me like, and this was like in 2020, she was like, you know, there's going to be something really hard with your family that's going to happen. Like you've never had to deal with anything hard, like family wise, but this is really going to shake things up. Little did I know what she was talking about, but she was right. Yeah. I get like really anxious though about stuff like this. Like I, I'm okay right now, but I think like on the day of me talking to Kim, it's like, I do get scared that like someone's going to tell me something that'll freak me out. But I think Kim does a good job of not like scaring you. Kim would never tell you anything like negative. She really is just there to offer like guidance. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's very different. Um, like she prays before she downloads everything. It's, it's not like a, a psychic per se. That'll be good for you because I yeah. you are coming home. You do have some time to kind of like, you know, make plans, really think about where you want to be, what you want to do. And I think just having, you know, a little bit more peace of mind will be helpful. Yeah, definitely. Because I've lived this like very transient lifestyle for a long time. And so I'm excited to have like some stability, but it's like, I don't know what any of that is right now. So it's kind of can be overwhelming, but I feel like a lot of people are in that boat all the time. People never know what's ahead. So trying to look at it in a more like exciting way. Like, Oh, I don't know what's ahead. Could be anything instead of like, I don't know what's ahead. I'm scared. So yeah, Yeah. I'll let you guys know on next week's pod, how my meeting with Kim goes. Yeah. I mean, life is all about how you position things in your mind, you know, like I'm having to learn a really tough lesson right now, but I'm, you know, reframing it as like a learning that's setting me up for success in the future versus like, wow, this sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so I guess we should run through our weeks and then we'll go into our Italy trip recap. Would you like to start? Sure. Um, my week. My high this week was dad coming into town last weekend um, for his birthday surprise. I can finally tell you guys. I surprised him with tickets to a cooking class with Manit Shohan. She is a chef. She's a judge on the Food Network's Chopped TV show. And then I actually used to do her PR when I was um, working in hospitality PR a couple years back. Um, So yeah, he was really surprised. We had the best time. I picked him up from the airport Saturday morning, like really early. And in typical Bridger's form, we just hit the ground running. 
we went straight to Cheekwood that morning, which is a garden here in Nashville. And then we went to the cooking class from 11 to 2. And Manita's just so much fun. And we learned how to make all of these Chinese dishes at Tonso, which is one of my dad's favorite restaurants um, here in Nashville. It's one of Manita's restaurants that she owns. She owns several. So we did that and it was so much fun. And then after that, we went to watch the Ole Miss game, which unfortunately did not turn out how we wanted it to. It was really sad. But dad is actually – I'm proud of him. He has showed a lot of maturity recently because he did not let the loss get him down. He – we still had a good day despite despite Ole Miss basically just losing it at LSU. And then after that, we ended up buying last-minute tickets to Jason Isbell at the Ryman, and it was an incredible show. Like, so good. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely a highlight of my week. Getting to spend that time with him was really special, and he was surprised. And I feel like it's so rare that you actually get to surprise someone, you know? Yeah, what was his surprise like when he realized what you guys were doing? He was like, what? Oh, my God. I feel like he was really surprised. It was her first cooking class since COVID. She used to do them once a month, and she hasn't done them since COVID. So I'm glad I was able to snag those tickets. Yeah, that's amazing. I know that he loved that. So out of the whole weekend, what do you think your high was? Probably just like – that sounds like honestly just an awesome day. Like the whole day sounds perfect. Yeah, it was just like a a jam-packed day. It went by so fast because we were just having the best time. I think my favorite moment out of all of it was watching Dad during – the concert and he was just so happy just like singing along all the songs that he always plays and um, I think that was my favorite part that's so cute did you have a low for the week I don't know if I've had a low I've had some pretty good days um Wynn and I went on a hike together the leaves are beautiful right now so we had a really good time um yeah I can't really think of a low right now that's okay That just means you had a good week. So some weeks I feel like I can think of like 50 highs and zero lows. (laughs) Some weeks I feel like I can think of like 50 lows and no highs. I know. Trying to stay positive, you know? Well, I say that. And then I think it's not really a low, but it's just something that's like not fun but necessary. I met with my financial advisor today. I always feel like I'm like sitting in the principal's office before I go. It's just like – I don't know. It's like never a fun feeling before you go. It makes me like have a lot of anxiety. So like I'm sure there's a lot of work I need to do around that with Trish, my therapist. Um, But it was good. I feel like I walked away with some good takeaways. So that's good. I wouldn't say it was like low, but it's definitely something I wasn't excited to do. That's definitely good. I think that my high of the week is honestly just like being back in Hawaii. I feel like my best self here and just very like at peace and calm. So that's been really nice. Just like have that feeling back and be somewhere that you love so much. And since being here, Oh, we've just done so many fun things. Like everyone's working. So I just like find who's off on each day and we go do something fun together. Um, Yesterday we had a really fun North shore day and I haven't been jet lagged because in Hawaii to Australia, like I was 22 hours ahead So it was really like I was just two hours behind Hawaii, except for I was like a full day ahead, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So like at 1 p.m. here, it's 11 a.m., but like the next day. So it was just like a two-hour jump, if you like think of it like that. So I haven't really had a lot of jet lag, um, but I have almost completed a full circle around the globe now. So that's pretty interesting. Honestly, I think the way that we've done it, like going one place at a time, like every few days has been nice because I kind of got to beat that like initial jet lag but but yeah I can't really think of a specific low either so I guess that means we both had like pretty good weeks if we don't have like a overwhelming I think it just means I think it just means you're in a good headspace if you can't if you're not focused on the negatives I guess because there's always something to be found if you dig far enough yeah I agree so tell me something that you're loving this week Um, Okay, something I'm loving. I'm really loving skin cycling right now. I've gotten a ton of compliments recently on my skin, and the only thing I've been doing is skin cycling. What is skin cycling? Obviously, you have not been reading the Print Picks newsletter. Um, I talked about this last week, but I started a newsletter for Print. It goes out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it's just a summary of the top beauty headlines, couple products that we like. 
things that are trending on social media and the beauty world. And everyone on TikTok has been posting about skin cycling. And so I looked into it and basically it's when you cycle through, like instead of doing all of your products at the same time, you alternate. So like one night you exfoliate and then you just put moisturizer on. The next night you use your retinol, just put moisturizer on. And then two nights after that, you only do moisturizer. So it gives your skin time to repair. And someone compared it to like, you don't go to the gym and do yoga, cycling, running, and weightlifting all in the same day, you know? So it's like spreading it out throughout the week. And I can tell a a huge difference. I honestly think that I unintentionally do that sometimes because sometimes I'm just Well, some people say, yeah, some people say that they're just lazy and they're like unintentionally skin cycling. Yeah, I think that's what I do. Because, like, for example, last night, I just, like, want to go to sleep so bad. I think I just threw on, like, my cleanser and moisturizer. But then other nights, I'll do, like, all the steps. So maybe that's working for me. Without Yeah, me. well, if you think about it, when you're lathering on, like, all of your power products, it just doesn't give your skin time to actually reap the benefits. Um, yeah. So I've been trying it out. I really love it. And – yeah, read print pics. Sign up if you're not subscribed already. Just go to the Time to Print Instagram. Um, it's at Time to Print and sign up there. It's just linked. I actually the bio. read the one this morning that I got about the Ulta ban. Oh yeah. Uh, so most have just missed the skin cycling. Um, something I think I'm loving right now would be I'm really loving hot girl walking again. I've been in Europe where I couldn't hot girl walk because I was so judged every time I would leave the house in athleisure. (laughs) So I've really been getting back into my hot girl walking and I've been listening to the superhuman meditations. Um, Oh, yeah. If you guys listened to episode 48, our last episode with Mimi Bouchard, you heard her talking about starting the superhuman app. And so I downloaded the app and I started my 14 day free trial. And I've just really been enjoying my hot girl walks and listening to her walking meditations. Um, and I actually like them because they're like upbeat and it's like kind of like you're listening to music. So I hate like most walking meditations are like kind of slow. So I really like the like tempo and the beat of her meditation. So yeah, hot girl walks and superhuman app is something that I've been loving this week. I am obsessed with her meditations. Yeah, same. And then something I think I haven't been loving is my therapist. And I think I'm going to get a new one. Because I think I'm breaking up with mine. Yeah. If we're going to be quite honest of things we aren't loving, I think my therapist (laughs) is out. Really? Tell tell me more about that. So as you guys know, I started my BetterHelp journey before going to Europe because I wanted to find a therapist that I could work with, like, no matter where I was. I don't know. I just, like, never really clicked with my therapist super well. And I swear, like, in our last session – she was, I was talking to her and she was just looking down like as almost like she was looking at like a phone or like something else. So then I picked up on the fact that I thought she was like not listening to me. So I started talking about crazy things that like a therapist <laughs> should intervene, <laughs> that a therapist should like intervene in. Like I started kind of making up scenarios that weren't real. Like, well, I'm kind of considering doing this. And it was like something like not real, like just kind of fictional stuff. And she was like, Mm-hmm. I think that sounds amazing. And I was like, you're not listening oh my God. to me. You're not listening to me because I just described something that you should know that I hate and I would never want to do. So did you call her out? No, I just like hung up. I was just like, okay, that's kind of all I have for today. And I hung up and then now I've been just like swerving her messages to reschedule and I'm going to like find a different one now. But that's a good thing about better help is that they can keep placing you with people but it's just so frustrating when you think that it's like not it because now I'm gonna have to like rehash out every single thing about my life again with another person yeah I know it sucks having to fight it I just therapist. felt like she wasn't really giving me any like life guidance like she wasn't really like helping me I was like aren't you supposed to be working through stuff What's up? I think there I think there are like different styles of therapy. Like some therapists really just sit there and just like listen to you and others actually like like Trish, she actually like gives me advice and like talks me through things. Like she talks a lot during my sessions. Yeah, I think because I am such a talker and like when it's kind of uncomfortably quiet, I will just continue to talk until like it's over. 
So I don't, I, but I definitely need more of a talker. Like I need someone to give more than like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I need you to be like, no, let's think about that. Let's dive into this. Like just wasn't a lot of like guidance. So yeah, Yvette, if you're listening to this, sorry, just not working out. And that's <laughs> on my, my no list this week. Um, okay. Well, on my leave it list, uh, definitely going to start with the fact that it's pitch black dark. It's not even 7 p.m. I'm just like mentally not equipped for it to be dark so early. Yeah. I'm not ready oh, for that season worst. yet. And what else am I leaving? Um, oh, speaking of people that were over, I'm also over my nutritionist. She's also <laughs> texting me and I'm completely ignoring her. She did nothing for me except convince me to spend an obscene amount of money on supplements that did not do a thing. <laughs> So very over her, leaving her in the past, really pissed off at her for wasting my money and time. <laughs> Yo, Allie's nutritionist had her doing so many crazy things. Like she was drinking whole milk. She was eating like <laughs> these Slim Jims. It was so weird. <laughs> they were Slim Jims. They were chomps. And I like chomps. They're a very high protein <laughs> snack. I knew when she told you that you need to be drinking whole milk, not almond milk, that something was wrong because you've never drank whole milk in your life. At one point, she had me putting whole milk and maple syrup into my coffee, like freaking Buddy the Elf. What was I thinking? We all knew this lady was crazy. As soon as Allie started telling us about what she was saying, we were like, this is so, like, yo, she couldn't, Allie couldn't eat any, like, what was it, any carb before she ate a Slim Jim. No, that is actually a good practice of not only eating carbs, but also eating protein with your carbs. So, like, whatever, I'll give her that. This just goes to show, like, if you see someone and they have crazy eyes, like, you need to trust that because she had, like, the craziest eyes I've ever seen. (laughs) And I should have known that from the get-go. It's on me. It's on me. It's my fault. But I'm I'm leaving her behind never to talk to again. So basically, we're going to cut out half of our wellness team this week. (laughs) Yeah. They are done. I'll let you guys know how it goes finding a new therapist. I hope I find someone better. But Allie, maybe we just stay away from nutritionists for a little bit. But <laughs> I'm just going to eat what I want. Yeah, we're over it. Anyways. <laughs> so yeah, obviously there's a lot going on. We're loving a lot of things. We're leaving a lot of things and people behind. But let's give the people something they will all love, which will be a recap of our Italy trip. So Tell people kind of why we wanted to do a recap, like in the first place. We've had so many people reach out about our itinerary, what we did, um, suggestions, recommendations. And we did this with our Hawaii trip, which is so crazy to think that that was over a year ago. How wild. That was our first episode. Yeah. We're going to be celebrating our one year birthday soon. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, so yeah, we did that with Hawaii and people really seemed to enjoy it. Um, so we wanted to do that with Italy. I actually had, I think I mentioned this last week, but I had a girlfriend from college go to Italy and she took a lot of our recommendations and said they just had an amazing trip. So yeah, I really just wanted us to talk through it and hopefully share some things that will be helpful if you are planning a trip to Italy. I think we should start here. So Obviously, if you're like looking into planning a trip to Italy or like any place, honestly, in general, I think the first place you start is flights. And I feel like I have a little bit of advice for that. Um, Allie, I don't know how you went about finding your flight, but when I flew into Florence to initially move there, I saw so many cheaper flights. So if you're trying to go to Florence or you're looking at a place to start in Italy in general, like Rome or Milan or Pisa have like way cheaper flights in Florence because Florence is a pretty small airport. However, I think a lot of people get scared of having to train, which is super valid because like training can be very overwhelming. It can seem kind of like scary if you've never done it before. But it's honestly so simple, especially flying into Rome. Like they have so many signs. The train goes right into the airport. It's super easy. So I think step one would be if you're looking into airfare, just like exploring 
places around where you're trying to go, if those tickets are pricey, you can use websites like Skyscanner and you can put Italy in general instead of like a specific city and it'll show you the cheapest prices for all of Italy airports instead of like just Florence, for example. Yeah, that's a good tip. And I also want to just say that we plan this trip like a month in advance. Like you don't have to plan things so far out. Like if you find a good ticket, a good deal on a flight, you can plan a trip in a month. Like it's no big deal. Yeah, we went back and forth a ton on like dates and we had like complications coming up, which made us have to move things around. And so we definitely didn't have like as much time as we normally plan a trip, but it ended up being like great. So yeah, you definitely don't need like an overwhelming amount of time to plan a good successful trip. Yeah. I mean, I would say that if you're doing the Amalfi Coast, like you probably need some more time because when we were trying to go there, like everything that was like, it was either like really shitty hotels or like super expensive. So that all the middle ground hotels were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a lot of moving parts that go into that. Like you need to book shuttles and, you know, cars and it's ferries. just like a lot. So ferries. Yeah. So I think that if you're doing that, like give yourself some more time. But if you're just like kind of doing what we did and going to different cities, um, you can plan it in a month. Yeah. If you're planning on staying in like Rome, Florence, Milan, like that kind of general area, I totally think you can plan it by yourself and you can plan it like not too far in advance. But if you're trying to do something like multi-country or like Amalfi Coast, Positano, I would recommend getting a travel agent because Places that involve like ferries and trains and shuttles and transfers, like that's a lot of moving parts. And if you're able, I would recommend doing a travel agent for like those. Or if you're going to go to Italy, but you also want to go to like Paris and also London. Yeah, get a travel agent because the moving parts is kind of what makes it complicated. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, should we just jump in and start from day one? Yeah, that's good. So I flew in and I actually timed it pretty great. So I left, um, I flew from Nashville to JFK. Um, I flew from JFK to Rome overnight. So I flew out of JFK at like 1130 at night. So I was able to sleep that whole time. And then I landed in Florence around like 5 p.m. I think or 4. And I was honestly like it was the perfect time. We went to dinner and then I was so tired just from all the traveling that I slept like so well. And I was like up and ready to go for day one. Yeah, Allie got here around, or yeah, Allie arrived around four or five p.m. And then we actually took the tram. So if you do fly to the Florence airport, there's a tram. It's literally a dollar per ticket, and it will take you straight from the airport into downtown Florence, like right by the Duomo. And it's so efficient, especially if the taxes are striking. The best way to get into the city. So took the tram into Florence, and then that night we went to. My all-time favorite restaurant in all of Florence, which is called Lo Scudo, and the front door of Lo Scudo is literally directly next to the front door of our apartment, um, and it's just the most incredible restaurant. Everyone in there is so amazing. They felt like our family the whole time we lived there, and I promise you won't regret it. So if you're looking to add to your Florence itinerary, add Lo Scudo, and you must mm-hmm. get the black truffle pork sausage ravioli. I'm not even kidding you. Every single day I think about it. And I probably will think about it for the rest of my life. So, oh, if I go back, whenever I go back to Florence, I'm definitely going there. So yeah. good. They were so sweet and just like accommodating, and they kept bringing out stuff. It was it was really good. It was a great way to start the trip. But another thing to look into is check out Airbnb experiences. You can find some really cool local things to do through that. So the first day we woke up and we actually went to this cooking class that I found on Airbnb experiences. And we had so much fun. And it wasn't like – I feel like there's two different types of cooking classes. There's like the ones that are like really intense. I think you and Kynan did one that was a little more intense than what we did. Yeah. But then also like there are ones that are like more fun and light and that's kind of what this was. But yeah, so figure out like what kind of level you are, like what you're wanting to get out of it. Um, So if you're wanting to do something more fun, like read the reviews. If you're actually like really good at cooking and you really want to like learn something – maybe look into the more traditional type of cooking classes. Yeah, Allie and I did, I would say ours was definitely more laid back. And then Kynan and I did one at the like cooking school in the Market Central. So if you're someone who likes more structure and 
professionalism. I would do one in a cooking school because you know you're going to have like that experience. But Airbnb experiences has so many good options. And it's something that I never really looked into until recently. The place that we did our cooking class also had like a sunset yoga that me and Kanan did. And it's just cool to check out because I'm new to the Airbnb experience life. And I really enjoyed that class. Um, but yeah, so after we did the Airbnb experiences, I think we walked around that day just for the rest of the, rest of the day, kind of hung out. One place that I definitely want to highlight would be Osteria Belladon, which is the place where you can find the wine window. Um, you guys have definitely probably oh, seen yeah. this on TikTok. It is a little wine window that they actually used to use a long time ago when alcohol was like forbidden and they couldn't sell it. They would use these little wine windows to like sell alcohol and it was just really cute idea. So oh, we actually, I thought it was a COVID thing. No. I didn't realize it was so old. Yeah, no, it's like an old traditional type of thing. Or like when they were having the plague and no one wanted to interact, kind of like COVID, no. they built these little windows so people could shop and buy things and it's crazy. No. Um, but they still have one that works at Asteria Belladon and we got Aperol Spritz. I drink an Aperol Spritz every day. Every single day. Yeah. Um Hence the reason I came home and did 30 days of sobriety. But uh, yeah, speaking of like old, I was blown away with how old everything is there. I think you just like don't realize how young America is as a country versus like Europe that's been around forever. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah, it is crazy because the United States is so young compared to all of these other countries. So you th- see things that were made and built so long ago and it's like honestly crazy. Like it looks fake because – yeah it does feel like you're walking like on a movie set yeah and so then waking up on the second day one place I really want to note is that we had brunch at La Menagerie this is one of my all-time favorite brunch spots in Florence they have great iced coffee it is so cute there's a flower shop inside they have a bunch of like a rainbow blown glass wall and just a bunch of like beautiful floral features so if you're looking for a place to do breakfast or brunch, La Menagerie is very close to the Duomo and it's just amazing. So good. And then I think our main activity of day two would be Gucci Garden. I love Gucci Garden. I actually went one time before with some friends, but it's basically like an exhibit of all of Gucci's past media advertisements and commercials and they have a lot of vintage pieces so it's definitely not a extensive museum I think you can do it in like 40 minutes max it's just like three levels and there's a few rooms on each level Um, but it's definitely worth checking out especially if you're not someone who really likes to do like art museums that's one thing that we didn't really prioritize neither of us well I think I I could have done museums but I knew that you didn't want to do it so it wasn't going to be fine if we were doing something that I knew you didn't want to do so I think I could go back I think I could have like if I would have been with someone who wanted to go like I would have been happy to do it museums are boring but yeah so the Gucci museum was really cool for me because like working in marketing and advertising it basically shows you kind of the evolution of like Gucci's advertising campaigns and you get to walk through each one yeah definitely that's one of my favorite places and it's only eight euros so like very cheap compared to a lot of other places in Florence where the museum tickets are pretty pricey so not a super long activity and it's really cute yeah and then that was like our we only spent two days in Florence like two full days well no we spent three I think that you can spend three days in Florence and that can be enough yeah, I think so too. Because we did we did the first two days in Florence and then we went to Lake Como and then we had another day, another full day in Florence. So it was three days total in Florence and I feel like that was plenty. Like I feel like I, you know, got to see the city and experience, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then that night was one of our favorite dinners. I'll let you talk about it because oh my I know God. That was one of your favorite places we went. Yeah, so definitely my favorite meal of the trip. We went to E Profeta. It was so good. Uh, Bird had actually been before she took me and she made a TikTok video that had gone viral and people actually were coming into the restaurant like talking about the video. So the owner was really excited that Bird was there and the owner and his wife are actually like working. So the owner was our server and his wife was so sweet and they just kept bringing out so much food. They had this amazing cheese and just like 
all these appetizers that were delicious. Um, but the real star of the meal was the John Travolta pasta. I think it got its name because what, like John Travolta like loved it or something. We both finished like every last bite. We could have licked the plate. It was delicious. And then the dessert, like that was the best tiramisu I've had in my entire life. Like I, I think about it daily. Yeah, e Provetta is so good. And I did like a TikTok series about letting my TikTok comments pick my dinner. And this was like the most commented place out of all the recommendations people gave me. And so the TikTok video did so well when I made that little series that um, they ended up giving us all these like little extra treats and stuff for making the video. And he remembered me and it was just really sweet. And they have such a good staff. And then the next day we packed up and we ventured onto Lake Como. Honestly, like if you haven't been there, add it to your list. It is stunning. Like probably one of the most beautiful places. Yeah, Lake Como is amazing. And it can be kind of hard to navigate because there's a bunch of different areas you can stay in. So you can stay in Lake Como. You can stay in Bellagio. There's a bunch of different like little parts. Um, I would definitely do research on where you're going to be and the transportation in that area. So we stayed in a – what was that So we stayed – this was kind of a last minute add to the trip because we had been talking about going to the Amalfi Coast. So we had planned on doing that. And then we just kind of like took a hard left turn and went to Lake Como instead, just because, you know, like I mentioned, I feel like it just takes a lot, a lot longer to plan the Amalfi Coast. Um, and so honestly, like I just looked up hotels in Lake Como and kind of asked around about like areas to stay in. And we stayed in Lecco, which was about 30 minutes. It's on the the west or it's on the eastern side of the lake so it's about 30 minutes from Bellagio which is at that that middle center so the lake is actually like an upside down v shape and Bellagio is like at the middle and apparently like the eastern side of the lake is like much kind of more low-key and quiet and the western side is like the more glamorous that you see like on movies and that sort of thing um we stayed in the cutest boutique hotel Rocco Palm it was R-O-C-O-P-O-M, and I honestly just found it on Booking.com, and it was the just like the cutest, quaintest little hotel. It was like a couple of bedrooms. We had a big room that actually overlooked the lake. We had two French doors that opened out into the lake, and there was a huge – like you could see the mountains, the water. There were um, people out there kite surfing every morning, um, so it was just so picturesque. And the food was great. The service was great. Um, We had breakfast, like, delivered to our balcony. And it was perfect for two people. But the thing about it was because it is such, like, a more low-key traditional side of the lake, not a lot of people spoke English. So that was kind of hard to navigate. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I feel like in Como, I had been to, like, Como once before and stayed in actual Como. And it was definitely more of a touristy spot, so we had less trouble with the language barrier. Um, I would also say that where Rocopome is, it's a little bit harder to get around. Um, there weren't as many like bus systems or ferry ports as the bigger cities or areas have, um, but it's definitely more of a quiet place. So if you're looking for kind of a quiet ex- escape, I think it's perfect. It wasn't touristy at all. Yeah, I think looking back, though, I would have rented a car and gone to Lake Como because getting taxis was really hard. It's really expensive, yeah. Really It's expensive. hard and it was expensive, so I agree. And then some of our, like, highlight points of things we did in Lake Como that I think you should definitely add to your itinerary. Um, so the first thing we did on the first day was we took a cable car. Um, in Lecco. So if you are staying on the eastern side of the lake, this is a really cool activity to do one day. There's a mountain range right outside of Lecco. Um, you would take a cable car. It's very high up. We were honestly <laughs> shocked at how high up it was. And we were able to get to the most beautiful mountain range that overlooked Lecco. That was awesome. If you're there in a summertime, I think it'd be a really good place to hike. And oh, yeah. in the winter, I think it would be very picturesque. It was kind of like eerie. It's an old ski resort. So like you can still see like the old ski stuff, um, but the views were stunning. Yeah, the views were stunning. Um, and then our second day in Como, we 
So we woke up on the second day. We had our beautiful breakfast on the balcony, and then we took a taxi to Bellagio. So we originally had plans to do a boat tour in Bellagio, which I think doing boat tours in Lake Como is one of the most popular things you can do while you're there. You can find it on Airbnb yeah. experiences. Yeah, we had a private boat booked, but um, it was a very windy day, so they canceled. It was too windy to do charters that day, so ours was canceled. But it honestly gave us a lot of time to explore Lake Como. We walked all around Bellagio. Um, something else that I think is a must is to take the ferry to Tremezzo and to check out Hotel Tremezzo. That was literally oh, yeah. one of my favorite things we did while we were in Lake Como. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Like Bellagio is nice for an afternoon. Like you can shop around. It's very like Beauty and the Beast vibes. I don't know. That's what it reminded me of. But I, if I went back, I would want to stay at Hotel Tremezzo. It is so gorgeous. Like they have this pool that floats on the lake. It's beautiful. Look it up on Instagram. That's how I found it, actually. I honestly think Bellagio is a little bit like hyped up more than it probably should be because. Before going to Lake Como, everyone would always talk about, oh, you have to go to Bellagio. But it's very small. So unless you have, like, activities planned, like a boat tour, yeah, I would just have some things planned because it definitely is, like, a smaller town. And, like, the shopping, it's all kind of the same. It's, like, little gift shops and, like, you can get over it pretty quickly. And that was kind of, like, the highlight points of our trip to Lake Como we were able to go back to Florence by the grace of God on oh the my third God. day. Because- so the there was a train strike and normally Bird would get like a notification on her phone. But like Italians are not afraid to just like shut it down. Yeah, strikes are very common. Um, you can see anything from train strikes to plane strikes to taxi strikes. <laughs> and you really never know when it's going to come. So unfortunately, the day we were leaving Lake Como, there was not only a taxi strike, but also a train strike. So we had the hardest time getting out of Lake Como. Thankfully, we met a police. One of the workers from the hotel had to drive us to the Yes, yeah. One of the literal workers from the Rocapome took us to the train station <laughs> where we got there and realized that every train was canceled. And that's kind of when we connected the dots that we were having a train strike in Italy that day. Um, but we ended up getting really lucky. We met a really sweet couple. They were from the UK and we were able to share a transfer with them from Lake Como to Milan where they were trying to go. And for some odd reason, me and Allie Which found, was so like, expensive. Yeah, it was so expensive, honestly. We had a travel agent set it up, which was probably a terrible idea because it was just so expensive. But we got where we needed to go. And then by some grace of God, me and Allie get to the Milan airport. And there was one train going the entire like afternoon. And it was going to Florence. So we got on as stowaways and we bought tickets to like a whole other train. But I think because of how chaotic the day was, like the workers on the train were like, whatever, like it doesn't yeah. matter. So we were just lucky to get we're on able there. to get back. Uh, speaking of British people, we were in Lake Como when the queen died and we were at dinner next to this group of British people and they were crying and we didn't know what was going on. Remember? Yeah, I thought that, that was, was crazy. Like pregnant or something and was like so excited, but that's not why she yeah. was crying. Yeah, we were, unfortunately, in Lake Como when the queen died. R.I.P. Lizzie. So, yeah, we actually made it back in Florence earlier than we originally were going to on our original train, which was so crazy. Um, And then one thing I really want to show Allie and that I'm really happy we were able to get back earlier for was Sunset at Piazza Michelangelo. So this is at the top of Florence. It's a beautiful drive up. You can drive it. You can walk, especially when it's not as hot. Um, and we went to Market Central, got a little picnic basket um, with a bunch of charcuterie, and it was just such a beautiful sunset spot. It's basically like a big flight of stairs, and you can look over all of Florence. There's always someone playing like live music, and just a really good spot. So definitely add Piazza Michelangelo to your sunset plans while you're in Florence, because that's definitely yeah, it's a must. A must while it's you're a must. there. Um, speaking of things that I liked about Florence, though, in Italy, I guess as a whole, I really miss the cream coffee. Oh my gosh, yeah! Drink cream coffee every day. It's basically like a milkshake that it's it's acceptable to drink in the morning. Yeah. Um, okay, and then our next move after getting back to Florence, and the reason we were kind of rushing to get back was that 
The next morning, we woke up really early. We went to get our rental car, which was kind of a full send um, and pretty bold to get a rental car in Italy. I hadn't driven since July, so Allie had to drive it. But we took the rental car to the countryside of Florence. This is something I definitely recommend working into your Florence itinerary is a trip out to the countryside. I'm pretty bold, though. Like every trip that we've taken, or I guess the past two trips, we've rented a car and I've driven. Yeah, and it's nice. Hali- Haleakala, that was that was crazy in Hawaii. Yeah, um, but yeah, so we survived the Italian countryside driving, um, and so I basically planned our whole trip to the countryside of Tuscany on TikTok. I found this really great winery on the way. It's about it was about what like thirty minutes outside of Florence, and yeah. it was a very modern winery. It's called Antonori Chianti Classico definitely recommend going there. It was one of the best meals we had. We had um, a beautiful lunch there in the middle of the vineyard. We didn't have reservations. I knew they didn't have reservations available, but I was like determined that we were going to get in. So we showed up and they were able to seat us. Thankfully, it was just so good. We did wine tasting. Uh, Definitely recommend stopping there. And then our Airbnb was honestly like such a highlight. I found this Airbnb just like scrolling through one day, like randomly. And it was in a place, it was in a town called Monte Rigoni. And it's like an old villa, basically. And it has this like infinity pool. Um, it's a like they have a, a restaurant. Like it's, it was just like so peaceful in the middle of olive trees, like a big olive garden. Um, I mean, it was like walking into heaven when we got there. Yeah, the Airbnb was honestly my favorite place we stayed. Out of your whole visit, for sure, and probably like one of my favorite things we did since I was in Italy, um, I actually have the link to it. So I'll put the link to the Airbnb in the description of this episode. But yeah, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, so that night, another TikTok find was there's this other winery called Castellina and Chianti. And during the summer months from May to October, or September, They host a monthly wine dinner in the vineyard, and they set up these long tables under string lights. They have performers. Um, It's like a multi-course meal, and it was probably one of my favorite things that we did the entire trip. You're seated next to people from all over. We met a couple from Australia, Alabama, like Colorado. It was crazy, Um, but it was was so much fun, and it was the night of the full moon, so it was just – everything was just beautiful. Yeah, the vineyard dinner um, in the countryside of Florence was definitely one of my all-time favorite things we did. Out of my whole experience in Italy, it was so amazing. I've never seen something more like beautiful, Taylor Swift music video vibe. Like they had oh, our yeah. names written on pomegranates. It was just so magical. <laughs> and um, yeah, if you're planning your trip, I would plan this one a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. We were super lucky to get in on a last minute cancellation, but they do book up. So if you are going to be in Italy between the months of like May to September, definitely look into this. We will put the link to the vineyard in the description as well. Yeah. I had like, it's just crazy that we had planned our trip to be there at that day. You know, like it was just everything lined up. Like we didn't even have tickets. We got in last minute, but it was a really special night. Yeah. Yeah. So after the vineyard dinner, we just went back to the Airbnb. We woke up the next morning and had a little bit of a pool morning, which was super nice to kind of relax. Um, And then since we had the rental car on our way out of town back to Florence, we stopped in Siena. um, And that was really cool. It's not somewhere that I think I would plan like a trip around. But if you're going to be in the area, stopping through and seeing it is just amazing. It's kind of like a quieter Florence, which is really cool. Yeah. And so definitely adding in a stop to Siena is cool. It's a great place to grab lunch, grab a glass of wine. Um, And then we went back to Florence. We were in Florence for another night and Allie had a really good dinner find that we also found on TikTok from someone awesome named Kelsey who happened to be at the vineyard dinner as well. <laughs> so we got to meet the girl who basically helped Allie yeah. plan her entire trip to Italy. I like this girl just dinner. popped up when I was searching for like Tuscany, Florence, and she just so happened to be at that vineyard dinner and Bird actually pointed her out. And then she was like, oh my God, should we say something? And we did. And she was so nice. And um, okay, so I really wanted to eat Florentine steak. Um, I didn't really know much about it before my trip, but then I started seeing it all over Tuscany or all over TikTok. And basically a Florentine steak is like a steak that's pretty much raw. It's like rarer than rare. 
And I, yeah. we love our steak like super rare. So we were into it, but I can see why some people might not be. Um, but we went to, what was the restaurant called? Regina, Regina Bisteca? Mm, Bisteca, which Bisteca, I don't know if we're saying that right, but that means steak restaurant. So anywhere that you see that word in Florence means that they have Florentine steak. So yeah, it was really good. The service was not that great, but the food was incredible and worth the not so great service. And they like cut it right in front of you and it's just a whole thing. You should definitely do it while you're in Florence. Yeah. So anyway, so that was our day of like coming back from the countryside of Tuscany, finishing the day out in Florence. And then the next day we woke up and we took the train into um, Cinque Terre. So Cinque Terre is like um, – it's basically – it means like the five cities and it's along the, the coast. Lands. The five lands. And it's along the coast of Italy. It's an hour train ride from – Florence and since we didn't do the Amalfi Coast I really did want to experience like I wanted to do like the beach in Italy experience so we took the train into Monterosso which I think is the most popular of the five cities that make up Cinque Terre right or five towns yeah so when we moved to Florence we immediately were like obviously missing the beach vibes since we had come from living in Hawaii so Cinque Terre was the first beach we ever went to it's like a two and a half three-hour train ride from Florence. Um, Monterosso is actually the first place I ever went in Cinque Terre. And it's definitely the biggest. Um, there's probably the most restaurants there. But if you do have a full day or you're looking to stay there, I think checking out all five of the stops within Cinque Terre would be a really cool activity. But You can hike them too, like hike from each one, which would be really cool if you have the time to do it. Yeah, there's a hike between all five um, and the views are just beautiful. And it definitely gives, in my opinion, like the exact same vibe as Positano and Amalfi, but it's way cheaper and easier to get to um, and closer to Florence. And it's just beautiful. And so we went to Monterosso. We took a pretty early morning train, got there at like 10 or 11, and we were able to rent beach chairs on the beach when you think about Italian, like, oceanside vibes, you think about the bright umbrellas, the chairs, and they had all of that. We were able to rent the cutest little beach chairs. Um, the umbrellas were, like, orange and green. It was just so beautiful. Something that I definitely recommend trying if you're in Monterosso is the calamari cones. They have these oh, little so cones good. right off the train stop full of freshly caught calamari. It is so good. Um, we just took our calamari cones and we rented our chairs. Something though that is crazy is that if you're like us and you kind of grew up going to like seaside rosemary area um, and how like crazy those chair rentals are, you can literally rent a full set of chairs and umbrellas for what was it like $40 for the yeah. whole day. It's so crazy. It's like in seaside was like $200 a day oh, yeah. to rent a set of chairs. Yeah, I know. It's it's really crazy. But yeah, definitely do that if you're in Florence. It's an easy beach trip. And then there's a really great restaurant that's like built into the cliffs there that my friend Jacqueline told me about. Um, it's called Restaurante La Ancora della Tortuga. I'm probably like not saying that right at all, but um, we'll link it. It is beautiful. And you can see like the whole coast, just completely stunning. Yeah. So we spent like a full day in Monterosso. We were able to train home. We were home by what, like eight or nine. So you don't have to spend the night there. If you are staying in Florence, you can definitely make it a daytime I don't think spin. I would spend the night there. I don't think I would. I don't think I would either. But originally you wanted to. And so, and I remember I told yeah. you, like, uh. Yeah, I just like didn't really see a hotel that I'd want to stay at. <laughs> I think it was just like more like old school. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we head back to Florence and that was our kind of like daytime activity in Monterosso, our day trip. And we had to get back to Florence because the next day we were headed to Rome. So I had never been to Rome before, neither had Allie. Um, but we were both actually flying out of Rome because Allie was going home and I was going to Vegas. So it worked out super well that we found flights out of Rome around the same time. They were kind of early in the morning. So we decided to spend a full day in Rome before our flights. Yeah, so we got up super early, trained from Florence, and we stayed at this hotel in Travestere. It's a neighborhood. It's a very, like, artsy, kind of cool vibe, I guess, like the East Nashville, I would say, of Rome. Um, yeah. 
we I probably wouldn't stay in the hotel that we stayed at, but honestly, like we were not there at all, like long at all. We literally just slept there and got up super early. But as soon as we got there, we hit the ground running. We went to this pizza restaurant. Um, you really have to have pizza in Rome. You have to. So good. Um, and then from there, we went to the Coliseum. And honestly, like I was kind of disappointed. It was just so touristy and like people were trying to like grab you and pull you into like a bus tour and it was just like a lot of chaos. Yeah, the Colosseum and like honestly like the Trevi Fountain and all of those things in Rome that you see online and are kind of like the main attractions are very touristy. So you need to prepare yourself for that. Um, you can do things like booking private tours. I saw a couple of them for the Colosseum on Airbnb experiences. You have to go in expecting it to be very touristy. You cannot expect it to be empty because I think you'll just be like really let down and kind of annoyed. Um, but obviously like everyone wants to see it as much as you do. So just kind of part of the process. Um, that is where I think social media kind of causes like false ideas of places because like online you see it look like there's like no one at the fountain, just you and your coin making a wish or like no one at the Coliseum. And that's just not the case for like pretty much anywhere. If you're going to a place that's highly trafficked in tourists, you have to expect there to be tourists there. So yeah, but definitely speaking of the Trevi Fountain, do that at night. It's just so much more magical at night. Um, we yeah. left during the day and came back at night to make our wish, but definitely a night thing. Um, one place that we loved in Rome, it was called um, La Teresa Rooftop. It was right above the Spanish Steps, so you could see the sunset. And it was the best Aperol spritz I'd had the whole trip, which is saying something because I tried them everywhere we went. Um, yeah. And it was just a like, great end to the day. That was, I ordered like one of the special Aperol spritz and it literally had like sparkles in it. It was so cool. And overlooking the Spanish steps at sunset is just an incredible experience. And then for our last like dinner, I think we didn't really have a plan in Rome. Like we knew there was a good food and good places everywhere. So we had a couple of recommendations. We kind of like walked around, figured out who had openings. We had a really good pasta that night. Um, and yeah, it was just amazing. By that point, we had eaten. The thing about Italy is like you just can't have a bad meal, honestly. So if you don't yeah. have plans, just like find somewhere that looks good. Yeah, because a lot of the times like even the little hole in the wall places that look like, you know, they definitely aren't like on TikTok must go to. Like they're still amazing because I don't know if anyone could stay open and not be good. And honestly, like yeah. Italian food in Italy is just going to be good anywhere you go. So Totally. I definitely liked Florence better than Rome. Um, if we would have had more time in Rome, I think it would have, I maybe would have liked it a little bit more. I did not like it. It just like wasn't my favorite thing that we did. Um, but if you are going to Italy, I think that that itinerary is a good one because you get a kind of a mix of everything, like doing Florence, doing the countryside of Tuscany, doing Cinque Terre, Lake Como, and then Rome. I think those five places are totally doable to do in one trip. Yeah, totally. It's so crazy because you liked Florence better than Rome and kind of liked Rome better than Florence. So I feel like it's all just up to like the person and the experiences that yeah. you have there um, and just kind of like what you like. So I would definitely recommend if you're going to Italy, like try a bunch of different places, try traveling yeah. around, make friends with the train, like go see a bunch of stuff because I think you can do easily each city in like a couple of days. So yeah, and I think that's so true what you said. Like, travel is so subjective. Like, one person's going to love something that someone else is going to not like. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to Italy, definitely, you know, plan a couple days in different places for sure. Yeah. So we know our itinerary was a little bit lengthy, but we wanted to cover each thing we did just in case you're trying to plan your trip um, and need kind of a guide. I feel like this would be a good one. And be sure to check out the description box of – this episode because we will link all the Airbnbs, the Airbnb experiences, and a lot of things we mentioned in this episode. So that should already automatically make your planning process a little bit easier if you are planning a trip to Rome, Florence, Cinque Terre, or Italy in general in the future. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of overwhelming like when we were planning because there are so many different options. Like it's hard to narrow it down to just a couple of cities. Like you can always go back. Just don't forget that. But that was like the hardest part for us, I think, in the planning is like identifying where we wanted to go and mapping out how we were going to get to each place. So I think that this is a good starting point for people. Definitely. 
So I hope you guys enjoyed our Italy itinerary. I hope this eases some of your stress in planning your trip or just provide a little bit of entertainment on your day today. As always, we love chatting with you guys. 